Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Football today. Oh, we are set for kickoff with top 25 battles across the board. Welcome to College Football Today, brought to you by Bet DSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci. Going to be with you for the next three hours. Rich, great games on tap. LSU and Auburn, Ohio State and TCU. This is separation Saturday for these four teams. Well, I mean, especially LSU-Auburn. I mean, we, we always talk about the SEC West race, Alabama the team to beat, but somebody's going to have to fill that slot in terms of the next best contender. This is one of those elimination games. Love the battle of the Tigers. 16 of the last 18 won by the home team. So it looks like advantage Auburn, but I think this should be a close game. Gabe, when you look at the line movement at the start of the week when these lines opened up for week number three, I mean, at Sunday night, we've seen extreme line movement from Vegas. Some of those games, Florida State and Syracuse as well, Alabama and Ole Miss. I mean, Vegas is really taking an interest in week number three. The biggest line movements of the week, uh, Joe, you're correct, have been uh, the totals. Uh, people have been hammering uh, this Florida State-Syracuse uh, number all the way up to 70 right now. We're going to track this. Hard not to like uh, the Alabama-Mississippi game to go over the number as well, an explosive Alabama uh, offense. We'll track all these numbers. But as you guys stated, one of the best things about college football is every game counts. Every game matters. And the cupcake uh, portion of the schedule is over. Love early conference play. We're going to find out a lot about Joe Burrow today and the LSU Tigers, whether they're actually for real this year. Yeah, a couple of other great games on tap is Oklahoma and Iowa State, and then Hawaii Gabe as well, uh, facing Army. I mean, this, these are games that really will dictate conference titles, and, and more importantly, which teams could possibly run for a college football playoff appearance. Hawaii Army might be the most contrasting game in the history of college yeah. football. When you look at the offenses, the run and shoot of Hawaii, you got the triple option of Army, you got the team on the Hudson <laughs> on the East Coast versus the team in the Who Pacific Islands. So we'd be spending time talking about if you. Well, that's what we do. Started. We talk about <laughs> everybody. Know. But Hawaii are one of the trendiest teams of the season. And guys, all week long, people aren't asking me about TCU and Ohio State. I've gotten a lot of Texas USC questions. Marenzi, what about this uh, Hawaii Army game? Uh, are Hawaii for real? Listen, guys, I've got the over in this game. The number is stayed at 62. I bet this a couple of nights ago uh, at the sports book over at the Meadowlands. It hasn't moved. It stayed at 62. Uh, a lot of talk about Hawaii and their body clock. It's going to be 6 in the morning uh, for them. But I'm intrigued by this game. And um, it's hard not to like what Hawaii's uh, doing uh, here. But it's amazing. That's the game that sticks out. You know, among the gambling community, it's not always going to be the big SEC game that everybody loves. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, 6 o'clock in the morning for the Hawaiians. That's that's surf time. <laughs> They're used to being active at 6 o'clock so in the morning. I, out so on am the I. <laughs> so am I. Well, well, if Cole McDonald pulls out this victory later today, I mean, he could possibly be a dark horse for the Heisman. Hope 
Brennan was years ago. Was, Cole Brennan made a run. He ran into Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, but that was after the Heisman <laughs> voting was done, though. But Cole Brennan was a top 10 was. Heisman uh, contender, finished in the top 10. Cole McDonald, with that offense, he's going to put up 40-plus, 50 touchdown passes this you, season you with that schedule. You know what me about that, Joe, and this game is the fact that we just saw Hawaii play against Navy a couple of weeks ago. Oftentimes, when you play a military academy, it's very difficult to deal with the option. Army and Navy, very, very similar systems. And quite frankly, we saw Hawaii just drill these guys. They put 59 up on the board. I'm betting the over in this game. I want, I want to take Hawaii plus the six and a half. We all oh, they can't play on the inland. They can't play on the inland. Uh, but we can't bet on every game, right? Yeah, we can, we'll give you picks. We can't bet on every game. But check it out, guys. I got a whole stock of tickets He's here. He's locked in These already. These are just the early games. I got my smoothie. I got my That's tickets. That's putting your money where your roll, mouth guys. is. That is literally putting your money where your mouth is. I love that. Yeah, I got about $1,000 in tickets here. Nice. I took my Cincinnati Bengal winnings and uh, – Laid it all down because I love hanging out with you guys at uh, 10 in the morning (laughs) till 1. But I can't get my bets in over at the book. And uh, me and Joe are the same. We like cash money. We like the tickets. Cash money, So I'll be heading back over to the book to uh, cash these tickets and uh, play tonight's college games. Well, let's get into the big ones. I mean, the SEC West battle on the Plains. It's it's number 12 LSU and number 7 Auburn. I mean, it's a marquee battle. You have Joe Burrow, the Ohio State transfer. You mentioned 16 of the last 18 games won by the home team. Now, since 2011, LSU was 5-2 and two over Auburn and has won those five games by 15.8 points per game. LSU is going to need to start fast here, Rich, take the pressure off of Burrow and really rely on that defensive secondary led by Greedy Williams. I think they could do it. I'm calling for a low-scoring game, though. 24-20, to 20, LSU gets the upset on the Plains. I don't see the upset. I do see a low-scoring game. I think this will be a defensive battle, so I like the under as well. Field goal kickers will will play a key role. I think this game will look an awful lot like the opener Auburn against Washington. A lot of defense, a lot of stalls in the red zones, plenty of field goal attempts, turnovers. I don't like Joe Burrow in this spot. Here's the difference for me. Two tremendous defenses. Auburn has the outstanding defensive line. LSU, we saw what they could do defensively against Miami in the opener. You mentioned Greedy, Devin White, the linebacker. Those are two potential first-round draft choices. But LSU's offense, Joe Burrow is completing less than 50% of his passes. The Tigers, despite facing an FCS team last week, 26% on third down conversion. So offensively, I don't like LSU, but 10 points, that's a hell of a lot of points in this kind of a rivalry. And LSU has covered their last six SEC games. So I like the Tigers lose, but they cover the game. Well, Gabe, how about this? I mean, when you look at last year's game, this is a game last year that Auburn dominated in the first half. They held a 23-7 halftime lead. From that point in the second half, LSU ran off 20 straight to get the 27-23 to win in Baton Rouge. I mean, the over came in late in that ballgame, and LSU did get the outright win as a home dog. How does that play a factor into this matchup? Because when you look at the game plan overall, I think LSU must be aggressive early on first and second down to take the pressure off of Burrow and rely on that defense later in the matchup. You're right, Joe. Over the years, LSU have put themselves in a tough spot by trying to put their quarterback in a more favorable situation. And coaches do this all the time, and I don't understand it because they make a lot more money than I do. But if the other team knows that you're going to run the ball on first down and second down because you're trying to put your quarterback in a third 
third and three, third and four situation. They're going to stack the box. Next thing you know, you put your quarterback in a second and nine. You put him in a, in, in a third and eight uh, situation. You're exactly right, Joe. We saw against uh, Miami that LSU actually threw the ball a little bit on first down. Uh, and we saw the same thing with Notre Dame. If you play to lose, you're going to lose. And uh, we've seen Ed Orjon play it a little bit uh, closer to the vest. Rich brings up a good point as far as Joe Burrow is concerned. It's one thing to play against the Canes on a neutral field. It's another thing uh, to, to go into Alabama here, to go to Auburn, Alabama, and, and play on the road. But I really I like the composure that I saw uh, from Burrow. Now, you guys mentioned a total, and we'll break this game down a lot throughout the day, but you guys mentioned a total, 44 and a half. You know, you hear LSU, Auburn, SEC, you're thinking smash mouth. You guys mentioned the Washington-Auburn game. But the fact is... The SEC's actually become a much higher scoring conference over the last uh, couple of years. They actually play to the over a lot. And what's amazing to me, looking at the numbers, you guys mentioned 27-23 last year, guys. Um, four of the last five games that these two teams have played have gone over 44.5 points. Surprisingly enough, these teams have put points up on the board when they played each other. There's just so much speed and talent on the field. And I got to throw it out here. Greedy Williams, maybe the best name in college football. Mm. Oh, it is as a defensive back. I'm, I'm, I don't feel strong about the total today. I put it right on the number yeah. 24 to 20. Yeah. But I think LSU, again, has to be aggressive. Here's the thing, too. You mentioned third downs. LSU only converting around 29% on third down conversions. Uh, Auburn a little bit better. They're 38%. So Jared Stidham, to me, is the key for Auburn overall. If he gets hot, gets into a rhythm early, he's completing 68% of his passes, that's going to force LSU to play from behind and that's where the pressure comes on Burrow. Like you mentioned, 47%. They need to get Brissett and Edwards Hilar involved in the short intermediate passing game early on. If they can't do that, it could be an uphill battle. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen more out of Jonathan Giles. I mean, everybody that I talked to in the offseason, the LSU wide receiver, that he was the next great LSU field stretcher. Texas Tech transfer really had a great offseason against those LSU defensive backs, including Greedy Williams. Here's what it comes down to for me. Two things. Number one, Auburn has a significant advantage at quarterback. Jared Stidham over Joe, Joe Burrow. Joe has done a nice job of managing. I think he has the right demeanor for this LSU team, but he's not a real playmaker. He doesn't rise to the level of Stidham. And number two, I said it in week one, and they did better than I expected, but that LSU offensive line is average at best against that defensive line of Auburn. Dontavious Russell, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson on the outside. I think that's where the real mismatch comes, and and I think Brissett's going to have a hard time finding running Didn't we see, though, guys? Didn't we see Auburn? Auburn looked good offensively. Stidham made plays in the first quarter, Joe, uh, of the game against the Washington Huskies. But, you know, my my eye tests. Right. Washington looked every bit as good as Auburn to me right. and could have pulled that game out in a tough spot, flying from the Pacific Northwest uh, into the South to play them. I think LSU's defense is going to contain Jared Stidham enough for us to stay within this number. Yeah. It's starting to climb. I'm seeing some 11 and 11 and a halfs out here right now. That's surprising I got to me LSU, that that's going north. LSU are playing with a chip on their shoulder. Ordron's a terrible coach. He can't be winning teams. LSU's quarterbacks suck. This team has NFL talent, guys. Where did Odell Beckham go? Where did Trey White go? Jarvis Landry. Where did Jarvis Landry go? You know, they, they, people, they, this used to be Alabama's rival. You know, when, when in the Les Miles era, and you know, Nick Saban, Les Miles, etc. But it should be a rival. They and they have multiple players that are going to be first round and second round, third round draft picks on this LSU Tiger football team. 
Comes down to Joe Burrow for me. If he can make plays on a big third and six, can he rush for that first down, extend the sticks? But I'm putting my money on this LSU Tiger defense, guys. Yeah, here's the thing, and you talk about a Washington team that they faced in week number one without Vita Vea, without Dante Pettis. I mean, there were pieces of that Washington team that were not there, and Washington over recent years, from a physicality perspective, didn't hold up against some of the better teams that they faced. They got blown out 24-7 to Alabama, played for three quarters, got worn out. They struggled against USC from an offensive line perspective. So this is the matchup when you look at Auburn in this ballgame. I'm with Gabe here. I think the physicality on the defensive front seven, I think they can win this game, and I'll just say this about a public perception. I speak to a lot of people in Baton Rouge that are down on Ed Ogeron, and more importantly, this team, they think that Auburn is a superior team, and it just goes to, I want to say, public and Vegas perception all the time about how we put Auburn in this, I want to say this, top 10 team each and every year with Alabama and Nick Saban. I I completely agree. I've been saying this all week. I think Auburn a little bit overrated. Good program. But top five, Joe, people coming in, Every oh, Auburn, year. Auburn, maybe the third best team. They're not better than Ohio State. Right. They're not better than Georgia. They're not better than Alabama. Let's be real. Yeah, and, and Rich. But they're in that next tier, though. I, I don't think anybody's suggesting that Auburn is Ohio State. No, a lot of people or, were. Or, or Georgia. A lot of people were coming into the year in which Auburn had. People have Auburn as legit. Do you have I Auburn? I think the le- legit top 10, I would say yes. Are I, I would they say. A legitimate national contender to you? No. no. Well, me neither. No. No, but but I, I think if you put Auburn at number 10, number 12 nationally, I think that's a fair assessment when you look at their talent. Returning quarterback who will play in the right. NFL, outstanding defense, maybe a top 10 defense nationally. Where are they ranked? I, you know, I don't really I, care for these It's early too early. Polls. Early, yeah, it's exactly. so deceptive. It's, a, it's such a lie. Well, well, I think that both teams are going to look to attack the secondary. Auburn's given up about 227 passing yards per game. LSU giving up 224 yards through the air. Both defenses, in terms of run support, rock solid, only giving up 74 rushing yards per game. So it does come down to quarterback play and which team could break tendency and be more aggressive. I'm calling for the upset again. We're all taking the points. We're Is all that taking agreed? the points. We're Are you taking, taking Auburn to win the game? Though? Absolutely. I, I like your 24-20. I just I I don't see LSU winning. Uh, I like uh, same neighborhood 24-20, 24-19. A lot of field goals in this game, uh, and uh, and Auburn holds serve at home. You're going with the over in this matchup? No, I'm going to stay away from the total. I'm going to take the double-digit points and hope that we can get a smash mouth game that we were hoping we could get. If it gets if it's a higher scoring game, LSU's going to be in trouble. Yeah. Put it this way: if Auburn score thirty eight points, I don't think we're covering this number. But if if LSU can hold Auburn to the mid twenties, look, let's say Auburn get twenty four points. If LSU can give me fourteen, I cover the number. I got ten and a half, and you get a little bit more uh, out there right now as well. I'm, I like the LSU Tigers here. I do. Yeah, let's let's turn our attention to the other game in Arlington. It's it's Ohio State uh, and their quarterback Dwayne Haskins uh, in Arlington to face Gary Patterson and TCU. A lackluster win last Friday night over SMU. They struggled early with Sean Robinson. This is an Ohio State team, guys, that's averaging 64 points per game. They're rushing for 300 yards per game and passing for 350 yards through the air. I mean, this, this line opened at 10, Gabe. It's up to 13, 13 and a half without Urban Meyer, Rich. I like TCU here. I think they strike the upset. 
Win it outright? I do. I do. Oh, this is this is Louisville week one all over again. I'm gonna have to pull out my John McEnroe. Not one of my best bets, but I You think- cannot be serious. <laughs> I gotta That's tell I, you. I need that sound whenever Joe yeah, gives me I a like ridiculous upset. Ohio State's gonna win going away. I, I just think there's such superior talent here. TCU has a nice young quarterback in Sean Robinson. Gary Patterson always does a good job defensively. Not having Ross Blacklock in the middle of the defensive line, this is where it's really going to hurt. I I think Ohio State has a machine on offense, Haskins. All of that time. Nick Bosa on defense. Draymond Jones. This is one of those games where they're like, hey, we're in Jerry's world. This is big time. It's prime time. I think they they dominate. TCU haven't played in a real big game like this in years. And I was going to say, you know, I'd like to be, uh, you know, imagine Joe's bookie. He's like, man, I love this guy. He's taking Louisville on the money line. He's got LSU on the money line. Uh, The only thing bolder than my boy Lisey's suits are his upset predictions. (laughs) But one of these Saturdays, his bookie's going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Over at Monmouth or at FanDuel, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, he's going to take down Bet DSI uh, with one of these uh, big hits. I watched the game. I was on TCU last week. A little bit of a sweat job early, but because of the weather and you know the lightning delay, I'll give them a little bit of a pass. We saw their athleticism sort of take over against SMU, but I I, uh, I think that uh, Robinson's going to have a hard time throwing the football against this Ohio State defense. I agree with Rich. I think there's a, a talent gap. There's just too big of a difference. TCU are a good program. Ohio State are a great program. Now we get into the Urban Meyer factor, and you know we're not going to get into the, the politics of this. Urban Meyer's not on the sidelines, but he might as well be. Yeah, we'll he, see. He, he coached the team all week in practice. To me, that's disgraceful that you're suspended, but you can coach the team in practice. But he coached the team in practice, Joe. See, so he prepared them. Let's see what happens. We'll, we'll come right back. Keep it where it is. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. on college football today brought to you by bet dsi joe lucy rich sermonello and gabe morenci taking you through the top 25 battles later today huge battle taking place in Ames between lincoln riley and oklahoma on the road to face matt campbell and iowa state they picked up this victory last year 38 to 31 as a 28 and a half point underdog now they sit it as 18-point underdogs. Oklahoma's won four of the last five, Rich, by 31.8 points per game. But I think Iowa State matches up well without Kyle Kempf or Zeb Nolan, whoever starts this matchup. I think Iowa State covers this number later today. It's certainly possible. I mean, Matt Campbell's a, a good underdog coach. We learned that, obviously, last year against Oklahoma. My concern in this game is... Can Iowa State in any way keep up offensively? I watched Iowa State last week against Iowa. Good defense. They scored three points. First game of the year. Now you have quarterback issues. David Montgomery, we keep hearing that he's one of the best running backs in the country. Pro Football Focus always says, man, nobody makes uh, people miss tackles more than, than David Montgomery does. Somebody's got to block for David Montgomery. And Oklahoma's defense is playing a little bit better this year. I'm still not going to buy into that defense. I just think that Kyler Murray, with or without Rodney Anderson, 
It's, I don't love this game. I'm right. staying away from it. But if I have to choose, I, I would lay the points with Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I mean, you bring up David Montgomery. Last year, he rushed for 55 yards, but he did catch seven passes for 89 yards in the short-term intermediate passing game. That allowed them to maintain third downs and move the football on Baker Mayfield and, more importantly, Oklahoma's defense in this matchup. Gabe, here's the, ma- the thing that I look at in terms of coaching. We hear Lincoln Riley. He's loved in Vegas as this, you know, marquee head coach. i got to be honest with you. I think the better head coach in this matchup is Matt Campbell. I mean, Lincoln Riley got out coached by him in Norman. He got out coached by him uh, in, in the college football playoff in the second half by Kirby Smart. I mean, Matt Campbell has a pedigree built it at Toledo. I think he'll have his team prepared. I want to get your take on this. Well, I'll tell you what. I've always been a massive Matt Campbell fan. When he took this job, I believe he was the youngest uh, youngest coach actually in college football when he took, took the job at Toledo. Did a great job with, with the Rockets. Has done a very, very nice job here. We've seen very, very, you know, they're, they're better than Pitt. But similar to Pitt that sort of pulls a rabbit out of the hat once a year with a monster upset, that's what Iowa State does. You know, you don't want to be laying money on Iowa State when they have to win the game and cover by seven and a half, ten against an inferior opponent. But as you stated, no one's getting rich laying 17 and a half, 18 points on the road. Oklahoma, what can you say about these guys? And, you know, Link, we're going to find out about Lincoln Riley, I think, Joe, a year or two down the road because he's been playing with some other guys' players. And, you know, he, but it's hard to criticize what he's done so far. Really, really impressed with Kyler Murray. Now, I might be a sucker, guys, because I fell for the total here at 55 and a half. And I'm thinking, I don't know, Oklahoma's going to rack up points. Uh, but, you know, uh, eight of the last nine games, Iowa State's given up 20 points or less. The only team to put points up uh, on these guys actually have been the Oklahoma Sooners. And I've seen something incredible here. Oklahoma's 915 winning percentage against Iowa State is the best of any, any FBS program against uh, another one. I, I'm with Rich here in the sense that I don't see where the points come from for Iowa State, especially with the uncertain quarterback uh, situation. We talk about Oklahoma's offense. They got some guys that fly around on defense as well. And an 18-game win streak was snapped. This is a big, big revenge spot as well. I could see Oklahoma going in here and sort of showing them, hey, remember Boomer Sooner, sooner that's us. But I don't want to lay the 17 and a half. I've already got to play in on the over, so there's no turning back. Yeah, you and I are both on the fence because I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if you got the cover with Oklahoma State. If this was a two-touchdown victory by no, Oklahoma, it wouldn't shock do, Rich. me. This is what they do. You know? They cover these big numbers yeah. once or twice a year. And, they Ames, do. and Ames, as you know, is a hornet's nest. They're going to be oh, on yeah. that team. I mean, here's the one matchup. No Rodney Anderson for Oklahoma. Right. Trey Sermon gets the start. He's a different type of back. And He's Pledger, a scat. too. Pledger's He's, a decent right. back. He's a scat back, though, that put that puts pressure on the defense on the perimeter between the tackles is can he move the chains the way Rodney Anderson can to maintain drives now on the other end we know Kyle Kemp might play he might not play I don't think it matters I think Zeb Nolan who completed 54 percent of his passes last year is a gutty quarterback he understands the system he'll stretch Oklahoma vertically and let's not forget Hakeem Butler he's a big play wide receiver uh, that could stretch Oklahoma's defense vertically I think it comes down to Iowa State doesn't fear Oklahoma and more importantly I, I just think the better head coach with the better game plan is Matt Campbell yeah, it's a State. fair point I mean the fear factor is gone after breaking the losing streak they, they beat Baker Mayfield 
in Norman. Yeah, I mean, right. that was the most stunning upset of 2017. So fear is gone. I'll, I'll buy into that. Yeah, it's a big game for Iowa State because they completely crapped the sheets against Iowa last week. I mean, they just didn't show up. I mean, that was an awful wow, performance. Wow, that was pretty slick. I like that. But, Iowa, but I think not a, not a lot of people understand how physical Iowa is. I mean, I picked Iowa to win their mm-hmm. half of the division. I mean, they lost five games by 9.8 points per game. So I know already next week you're taking Iowa over I, Wisconsin. I underestimated I the Hawkeyes, full I mean, disclosure. And, you know, Northern Illinois hung around. And it's a rivalry but you're game. right, that defense, smash mouth defense for the Hawkeyes. One thing, though, guys. I think now the Cyclones have the Sooners' attention. Right. If you look, you know, they had beaten them 18 consecutive years. You can't sneak up on them this year. Oh, great. We're we're, we're talking about look-aheads, and we'll get to whether look-aheads are real. I think it's easy for the kids. Well, we've never lost to these guys before, ever, you know, basically. And now they're like, they know. These these guys can play. They're aware. I've been really impressed by Murray, but we, we will go back to this. I don't think this is the best game to bet on. I agree. Like from from like, let's be real. Like we are having fun talking about the game, uh, but from a betting perspective, do you really want to lay seventeen and a half points against a Cyclone team and Matt Campbell? Matt Campbell's a great underdog coach. So you know, do you really want to you want to mess with that? No. And even the total, I'm already in on this. I already played it, so I can't get out of it. Uh, but I am concerned just because I wonder if Iowa State can score. Well, here's the thing. I took them on the money line plus 800. I think if they beat them once, they'll come in loose. I, I mean, I took a shot. I also took them plus the 18 in, in this ballgame. I think the key is if they jump up early. Is that 18? They, I have 17. Well, Wednesday at, at Monmouth, it was 18. Okay, points, I got so you. It, it dipped from Wednesday. I think because you're seeing – there's Currently the, the, 18 and 54, so well, the totals come down. It's 18 and 54 right now, yeah, guys. You could possibly see Kyle Kemp. He practiced on Wednesday. He's a senior quarterback. Nolan is a sophomore, so we'll see how that plays out a little bit later. It is a 12 o'clock kick uh, on ABC. Or I've got uh, we got ABC, a lot of guys in the chat here giving us a shout-out. Thanks for tuning in, gentlemen. We really appreciate it. Uh, waking up early with us. Hope you shake off that hangover. Um, I got, I'm good. I got a, I got a smoothie here. Straw, strawberry banana, baby. But a couple of games that we'll get to them. We don't have to hit them all right now. But the games that uh, the boys in the chat uh, want to talk about. Uh, Rutgers. People bring up Rutgers. How about Kansas snapping out 46-game losing streak against uh, FBS teams? Uh, Syracuse, Florida State. People want us to uh, to uh, talk. And uh, Houston and Texas Tech. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to both of yeah. those. Rutgers, Kansas, real Ooh, quick. Rutgers. I like Rutgers because so I. I just can't see Kansas winning back to back games. Back to back games. I, I think I think Vegas has kind of overstated. Great victory over Central Michigan, but Kansas For coming home. Shame, they finally For shame. won that game. Yeah. I think Rutgers, as long as Sitkowski is He's healthy, supposed to play. As long as the He's quarterback play. plays. Rutgers getting three. Kansas as a favorite against a Big Ten team. I can't see it. I like Rutgers. Today. Physical, physical on the offensive defensive lines. Yeah. Kansas doesn't play those type of teams outside of Kansas State within the Big Twelve. Yep. So I, I, I think the. I, Rutgers getting two and a half on the road. I'll take the two and a half points in that matchup. I agree. Uh, I like the Scarlet Knights. And how much pressure's on Willie Tiger today? Oh, huge. Barely getting past Stanford I, last that's, week. That's one of my best bets. Iowa State, I'll say this. I know you're not high on that game. That is one of my best bets of the day. I like Iowa State plus the points in that matchup. We'll turn our attention to the game in Oxford. It's Alabama and Ole Miss. Marquee battle. Alabama dominated Ole Miss last year 66-3. to They go on the road as a 22 and a half Point favorite since 2011. Alabama's five and two over Ole Miss, and have won those five games by 32 points per game. But you're talking about possibly the best wide receiver core 
in Ole Miss, in college football, I think they're able to challenge Alabama. Alabama wins, but Ole Miss covers this number later tonight. It's possible. I mean, I like Alabama only because I I have no faith in that Ole Miss defense. Last week against Southern Illinois, an FCS team, 629 yards allowed. So I I think every time Jordan Tiamu, A.J. Brown, Scotty Phillips, they now have a running back, Every time they go down the field and score, I think Bama could come back with back-to-back touchdowns. I mean, Bama is going to name its score, Tua under center, Jalen under center. And we talked a lot in the offseason about the running backs at Alabama, but, man, those young wide receivers are growing up in a hurry. Calvin Ridley, who? We now have Henry Ruggs. Jerry, Judy, Devonta Smith. They, they, they had one receiver in the past. Now they have three they can count on. So I think Alabama big. I, I think they, they have the uh, – Ole Miss has the attention of Bama. I think Bama rolls. Well, here's the thing, Gabe. I mean, you're talking about an Ole Miss team that is averaging 407 passing yards per game. You have guys like Demarcus Lodge, Metcalf, and Brown. I mean, that group has combined for 32 receptions – five receiving touchdowns, 521 receiving yards. Going up against still an inexperienced secondary up until this point, Alabama's still giving up about 234 passing yards per game. If Ole Miss can jump up early and put the pressure on on Tua to to match them score for score, I mean, they could be in this number. There's a lot of ifs there, Joe. There's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts, and candy and nuts, and we'd all have a Merry (laughs) Christmas. 66-3 last year. Uh, but surprisingly enough, guys, you know, Mississippi have covered four of the last uh, five games against uh, against Alabama. This might be Alabama's best team. This might be Alabama's best. And I know that's – Well, seemed- Gabe, when has Alabama had this kind of offensive Scary. firepower? It's nuts. Scary. I mean, Al- Alabama – Defense. Nobody's better defensively. Now you have the offense to complement that. I mean, who is going to beat that? They now have a lethal offense to complement this. And, you know, guys, I paid the price last week. I took Arkansas State. Oh, Nick Saban doesn't cover these numbers. I thought long and hard as well. Yeah. I was on Justice Hansen for that like, one. Uh, you know, Nick Saban doesn't cover these numbers against non-conference opponents. He's 1-12 and and laying more than 28 points. They're 57. too good not to. Yeah. Right. You know, you put now you put Jalen Hurts in after. Ah, it's blowout time. You got Jalen Hurts. The backup quarterback has a twenty-six yeah. and two exactly. all-time record. That, that tells you all you need like, to know. I'm dead. Yeah. I'm yeah. dead. <laughs> I'm betting the over here. I, you know, I almost bet the over was in the eighties. I don't see how it doesn't get here. Bama's going to hang a fifty spot on these guys. Maybe fifty-five. And enjoy it. And it goes over the number. I don't know. Here's the thing: the last two games in Oxford. Uh, oh, Alabama hasn't covered. Last game was 48-43, oh, right. and here's the, the MO. I mean, you look at that matchup two years ago. They jumped up 24-3 to on Alabama, and Jalen Hurts had to lead that comeback. I mean, I, I still think that's the recipe for Ole Miss to be in this game. Now, can they pull off the upset? They're plus 1,200 on the money line. I don't think they can, but I think they have the type of offense to to really push Alabama's defense, get them into a high scoring game. Well, you brought up you brought up the matchup that intrigues everybody, which is, is that young rebuilt secondary of Alabama against not good. Those are great wide receivers at Ole Miss. And I they're mean, tall. AJ Brown tall. is a man, elite. So I, I think they'll they'll land some body blows. In my opinion, I think this is like a fifty five twenty four type game. You know, fifty five twenty seven. Yeah, I I agree. I think that that's a fair ballpark uh, figure. Remember what I said a couple Ten of minutes three. ago? 10-3. Ten 10-3 three. Ten three it'll be. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Maybe Hurricane uh, Florence yeah, will be going I did, I did take Pitt last week. Uh, right over here. Yeah, how'd that work out? Um, uh, but remember what I was saying earlier in the program, guys, about how you know college football and football as a whole, even basketball, sports, everything's sort of higher scoring uh, nowadays. But specifically the SEC. The SEC used to really be the most 
conference closest to the NFL. Their totals would be like NFL totals, 52, 48. It really played to the NFL. And look, you know, they played from 2012 um, under, 2013 under, 2014 under, 23-17, 25 nothing. What happened with changing on the guard, 2015, 43-37, 2016, uh, 48-43, 2017, 66-3. We've had three consecutive overs in this series, guys. Let's make it four in a row. Yeah, I think I, I could see the over. I mean, I'm sure. more inclined to take Ole Miss with the points, plus 22.5, plus 23. I mean, I, you look at Ole Miss's secondary. They're giving up 355 passing yards per game. Tua could have a huge day, and, and you mentioned those wide receivers. Let's not forget Irv Smith Jr. A tight end. I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean that's the matchup. I mean, Yeah, the big concern is the Ole Miss defense. I mean, we knew going into this season. What, what happened to the Land Shark defense? <laughs> I mean, the Land <laughs> Sharks are, are in Arizona now. At this point. That's what they flew away. The they Sharknado. did. Yeah, Sharknado, they're yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, they're not in, in, in Oxford any longer. Right. That, that, that much I know. So I, I, I think Alabama names its number. Possible cover because Ole Miss has the the offensive firepower would not surprise me. Not a best bet for me, but I do like Joe, Alabama. you're not going to be able to afford to look as good as you. You're going to end up dressing like me well, in that, jerseys that, if you keep betting against not, Alabama, it's, brother. It's not it's not one of my best plays, but again, twenty. you're talking about three touchdowns. I'll take that, Wood, and, and if you want to take a shot, plus 1,200 on the money line. I mean, you can't lose by taking plus 1,200 underdog. I mean, you got to figure, too, they're not going to a bowl game this year. This is going to be their bowl game, number one team in the country. They're going to look to start fast. And as you know, we had Longo on last year, offensive coordinator. The Grove is a very special place. It's almost like Ames, where teams seem to struggle early on. I mean, Bo Wallace gave Alabama some some problems. So did Chad Kelly. So we'll see. How I, I think, it, you know, Gabe brought up a good point. I'd like to echo that, which is I kind of liked Arkansas. Didn't bring it up on this airwaves, fortunately, but I'll admit I liked Arkansas State because. It was like 36, 37 and 38 points. points. And still Ar- couldn't cover. Arkansas State has arguably the best offense, and albeit the Sun Belt, best offense. They scored seven points yeah. against Alabama. So even when the backups came in, they couldn't score. So Alabama, Quinn and Williams on the inside. Najee Harris, too, at the running back. Yeah, Najee on offense, Raquan Davis. I, I think these are the kind of games SEC has begun. I think Alabama gets up for this Yeah, matchup. we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. It's a 7 o'clock kick. It should be an electric atmosphere. Oh, it will. I mean, yeah. I mean, what about some of the other 12 o'clocks that we're looking at, I mean, early on, Gabe? I mean, in terms of line movement right now, I mean, uh, what are we looking at in terms of lines? The chat, the chat guys, is blowing up right now. And I, I told you guys earlier, the mind of a gambler, people can't get enough of the Hawaii Army game. And all you guys in the chat, I know this because you know what it is? You know, the ESPNs and the CBS of the world, they're going to focus in on Alabama, right? So people... Tune in to us, and they're like, oh, you know, give us, give us uh, Buffalo, Eastern uh, Michigan. That's an intriguing game, too, because Eastern Michigan got the victory over Purdue. Rich was dead on with that matchup. They face a very veteran secondary in Buffalo, only giving up around 157 passing yards per game. I'm inclined to take Buffalo in that matchup. This is a good Bulls football team. Back-to-back road games for Eastern Michigan. And going back to Hawaii as well, for me, I mean, I look at Navy. I look at the Navy game. That's the recipe. Whichever team could dictate tempo is going to win that matchup. I think Army has a better defense than Navy. 
does for that matter. And I think, I think Army can run the football, establish the, the line of scrimmage early, and get them into a lower-scoring game. Don't feel confident about it as a best bet, but I would lean Army in that matchup. Been some line movement, and everybody in the chat is, and the chat's starting to fill up right now. Welcome aboard. Uh, the people, everyone's on Army. It's up to six and a half right now. It scares me, though. It scares me because of everybody on Army and the six o'clock thing that we've heard in terms of body time with everybody in, in Vegas liking that. Cole McDonald, I'm telling you, if he jumps up early, that's the way you beat the triple option. You jump up early, face them to play from behind. I mean, if, they, if Hawaii scores first, game could be over. An interesting game that we haven't gotten to. I'm surprised it hasn't come up uh, yet. Uh, our boy Larry uh, asked, is Vanderbilt in a good spot to pull off the upset against the Irish? And generally, guys, you know, I lost with Vanderbilt like three, three weeks in a row last year. And I just wanted to put my fist through my television and my, my bald head through, the, through a wall. I, earlier in the week, I'm like, oh, I'll take Vandy here. Give me the two touchdowns. Now as game time approaches, I'm starting to get cold feet. I think people saw Notre Dame against Ball State. Coming off that big win against Michigan, it was a little bit of a come down. Hey, let's just get through this. Now against an SEC team, I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame drilled them. We'll get back to that game in the next segment. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci. Keep it where it is. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci taking you through today's top action. Marquee battle taking place in Stillwater. It's Brett Rippon and Boise State on the road to face the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I really like this game, Rich. I, I mean, Oklahoma State's a team in the Big 12. Not a lot of people talk about uh, Cornelius, their quarterback, playing very well in the system. He's thrown for over 700 yards in that offense. He has guys like Dylan Stoner, Justice Hill, and more importantly, Jalen McCleskey that I think could stretch Boise State today, and I'm calling for the double-digit Win over Hey, Boise. kids, Joey Double Digits is Joey back. Joey Double Digits. Hey, Joey, Joey Double Digits is back in action. With the, I'm telling you, I think they're going to yeah, win. Yeah, I, I like Boise State in this game. I, I You know, I nobody has played anybody. Neither of these teams has played anybody in the first couple of weeks. So we're going to learn a lot about Boise State and Oklahoma State. Boise State, to me, is a Power 5 caliber team this year. And Oklahoma State, Taylor Cornelius has been fine. And they have nice wide receivers. Justice Hill is outstanding. But... Boise State's got the better defense. Now they get back David Moa, their best interior lineman. Taylor, uh, Tyler Horton, the cornerback, I think will match up well with the Oklahoma State receivers. And Brett Rippon, who I've been down on over the past couple of years, has been spectacular. Now, you, know, you never want to overstate wins over Troy and UConn, but the way they dismantled those two teams, offensively and defensively, very impressive. Boise State, what's the signature moment for Boise State in the history of Boise State? Fiesta Bowl. Against over Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They get one against Oklahoma State today. I think they're capable of winning in Stillwater. Well, they're definitely capable, Gabe. I, I think the thing that you mentioned, uh, or that Rich mentioned, is Troy and UConn, not the type of offense that's going to stretch that Boise State secondary vertically. 
We're talking about elite speed on the outside, and I think that's the recipe to watch in this matchup. I mean, again, I think Oklahoma State could spread them and attack them vertically. That's why I like the Cowboys here. While well, we're in the post-Mason uh, Rudolph era, this is going to be a big step up uh, for Cornelius uh, to take on this Boise State uh, football club. Anybody that pays attention to our shows knows I went on record as stating I think Boise State runs the table this year. I think they're going to run the table. I think they're that good. And I think uh, I think they're going to prove this uh, today. Uh, you, you mentioned Brett Rippon. I was never the biggest Brett Rippon fan either. At times we saw when uh, the Kansas transfer, Cozart, came in, the offense would be more efficient with his scrambling ability. And I don't know. It seems like Brett Rippon's been uh, been around been uh, been around longer than uh, Mangum up there in BYU. Was <laughs> just Rippon's like 18th year of eligibility. But without being stated, of course, his uh, his uncle Mark Rippon, uh, Washington Redskin uh, MVP, Super Bowl champion. Um, so Rippon is an experienced quarterback right now. The big difference, though, guys, they've got real skill maker players. This high tower uh, transfer kid, Sean Monster, yeah. yeah, a real monster. You know Richardson. Uh, they've got electric players. Uh, right now explosive skill position players a very good defense people were a little bit critical of Harson, even though the guy's done a great job there he puts up nine ten wins you know the mountain west titles weren't there the expectation level was so high after chris peterson this is harson's best football team uh, i think they are going to be playing in a big time bowl game this year and i think it starts uh with a big win here today give me boise state and the over in this football you game you think it's high scoring i i could see it obviously 55 45 oklahoma state i mean that's what i think i think they get up there i don't I think, think it gets Hill. that high i'm looking not on the boise I think state it's closer. Defense, i'm looking at oh, like boise not, state we're talking 42 38 yeah, i'm thinking right. boise state 30 uh um, i don't think boise state's that 34. elite though i got to be honest with you i'm not so uh, i disagree joe 10 10 starters I mean, back on defense uh, off of last year's team, which was a very good yeah. D at the same time. And they time. beat Oregon, but, I mean, Oregon was 7-6 and six last year. I mean, they haven't fa- – I, I think the speed. Justice Hill is the key to me. I mean, this is an offense He's going to have to carry them. 297 rushing yards per game. I mean, they have the type of talent to stretch them vertically. They don't play that type of talent from the outside in terms of – What uh, big games has Gundy won, though? No, that, I that, agree with the that. problem, isn't it? I, it might at be at home. Man, but show me a big win in a big game. No, against absolutely. the spread, Joe, at home. 10-11, and 11, last spread, 21 games. Against the spread, all they have to do is win. It's a two and a half, three point spread. And and to call it double digits for the most part, I mean a ten point win is a double digit win. I mean you're not That's... expecting you're not expecting them to win by five, are you? I mean if you take a favorite at three, are you? Are you? Maybe Richwood. I don't know. I take a I take a favorite Gabe, is Joe them. making a point here because Expecting we lost? Expecting them to win by double can digits. <laughs> I mean, a touchdown, if you lay a touchdown. He sounds like he's trying can to you, tra- can you translate for me, please? Oh. Because I don't know what sounds he's like saying. A, yeah, he sounds like the guy selling sunglasses on 35th out <laughs> Sounds here. like the guy who came I in did. last week telling us the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. The drunk oh, who came guy, in the yeah. studio I don't know, last Broncos week. looked pretty good they last did, week. They, he might be right. They pushed, didn't they? Didn't they push last week? It's like a drunk guy last week at the sports book on Saturday night. He overheard us talking about NFL Survivor. This guy was like drunk out of his mind. He's like, man, you're taking the Saints. That's the stupidest thing ever. Everyone's going to take the Saints. They're going to lose. Drunk's no best. Get lost, buddy. (laughs) Get lost, buddy. Drunk's no best. Well, I mean, here's another game. I mean, I was high on both teams coming at the start of the year. Texas and USC. USC, back-to-back road games. Lost that game last week, 17-3 to Stanford as a a six-and-a-half-point underdog. They're now underdogs again in Austin. They picked up this victory last year, 27-24. Sam Darnold and the crew got the victory. Victory, Rich, in overtime. A lot of pressure on Tom Herman after that week one loss to Maryland. 
I'm rolling the dice here. I like USC plus a three and a half. I think they get a seven point win in Austin later tonight. I'm calling this the Joe Lisi Retribution Bowl because yes. if I'm correct, Joe had both of these yes. teams in the college football playoff. Okay. Did not work out too well. Oh. Both teams have already lost and have been horrible. What were Rich's picks? Uh, all four of my teams still yeah. available. What, what were they? Well, let's discuss all USC right. Texas. Okay. That's what point. I thought. Right. Georgia, Alabama. Ohio State. No, it was Wisconsin, actually. It's okay. Wisconsin. And Clemson. I'm with you on Clemson. All still undefeated, unlike Texas and USC. Well, you, I you hate this chalk. game. The, these two teams are... Well, I'd rather pick chalk and be right well, than pick two teams that play. had no business being in the oh, college Michigan football playoff. There. I picked Michigan. In the playoff? Yeah. Oh, my God. They're going to win the Big Ten. Who's your fourth? Clemson. Okay. Well, you'll get one right. All right. Okay. Uh, we'll see. This game is awful. I mean, I expected so much more out of these two teams. USC, Clay Helton, one and nine against the uh, on the road uh, against the spread. USC, terrible on the offensive line. Texas defense has been okay. They let down, should have covered last week against Tulsa. I'll take USC, more team speed, but this game just doesn't interest me that Here's much. Here's the thing, uh, Gabe. I like... Shane Bouchel is the better quarterback for Texas, and he rolled the dice with Sam Ellinger. I mean, now he has to stick with him. If he struggles early in this matchup, does he go back to Bouchel as an infusion to inject some life into that offense? To be honest, Joe, I'm going to be happy when both these kids are gone. And no disrespect <laughs> against these kids, but just so they can move on in this stupid little battle and back and forth. It's going to be a couple of years. And it never ends. Yeah. And I can't believe with all the recruiting power and all the money and all the, the facilities, they can't just find a quarterback. You just can't find a quarterback to take over the realms of this team. I'm with you guys. Very, very disappointed in 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 the uh, in the Texas in the Texas Longhorns here and Tom Herman coming into this year. I didn't think that they were a national championship contender, but I thought they'd sort of kick the tires and hang around. The Texas would be back and be at least like a nine-win football team. They still might end up being a nine-win football team, uh, but they have to show it to us. Now I think USC is going to struggle. As much as we like Daniels and this kid can play, uh, he's a stud in high school. It's extremely tough. He's been you know, fast-tracked and, and accelerated into the college football world. Look how tough their schedule is. His first game was against UNLV, who are better than people give him credit for. Then, boom, yeah, welcome to college football, kid. You're going up there to the farm. And we saw USC can only average like 3.1 yards from the line of scrimmage. It was a big problem for them. I had this game circled all summer long of being Tom. Tom Herman always talks about signature wins. And he said, I don't really have a signature win here. We need to get a signature win. You know, the signature is a little uh, faded a little bit because it's not as sexy this game suddenly. But I'm going to, I'm you know, it's a leap of faith. I feel like I'm standing on the ledge here. Give me the uh, the Texas Longhorns tonight to get that signature win on their home field. Well, I'll say this, too. I like I really like the over. O- over opened up about 50 and a half. It's down to 47. I think if you're USC, you have to be aggressive. You have to get JT Daniels involved in the offense and attack. Texas is secondary. That's given up around 223 passing yards per game. If they could jump up early to dictate the tempo, I like USC's chances here. Especially, I think, we didn't see it last week. Stephen Carr, very disappointed in terms of how they're utilizing him in the offense. Might not be 100%. Remember, he had back surgery in the offseason. It's possible he's not 100% at this point. And, by the way, the offensive line has been terrible and banged up. They're just not winning at the point of attack. Three points last week against 
Stanford, I think it was the first time they scored three points in, in a generation. A yeah, it's been, I think, maybe more than 20 years. So this game really, if, if you want to watch this game, and you, you're probably not going to want to watch it. it it's it, 8 o'clock. It's USC, Texas. It's a great it, game. Because you'd much rather watch Ohio well, you'll watch State, both. TCU. You watch both. You're at the book. watch or, them all. I mean, you put them on your computer. You're not going to watch USC, Texas. It'll be, uh, it'll be a backdrop game for oh. me. It will not be a focus point game. It's Rich not where I'll focus. doesn't want to see another montage of Vince Young. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The game, the game yeah. of the century. Actually, you know what? This comes down awesome. to the coaches, Gabe. I think that's the storyline here. Both of these coaches need this type of a game. They've Shouldn't gotten Tom off Herman, to a slow start. Considering so. all the hype around Tom Herman, he needs to win this game. Oh, yeah. He does. He's, he's almost turning into a Harbaugh. On him. Isn't that a fair comparison? He's almost turning into the Harbaugh. I know it's a little early to judge him as a whole, but he was defensive right out of the gate when they lost to the Terps last year. Hey, I can't yes. do this overnight. Can't turn this around. Yeah, fairy dust. Yeah, not fairy dust. Yeah, well, coach, we want a couple of wins. Give us a couple of wins against somebody. You're losing to the Texas Techs in the world. Yeah. He's turning into the Harbots, overhype. Yeah. Like, Herman, you make big money. It's time to win. It's year two, television. and you're Texas. You better be winning 10 games. And everybody got on Charlie Strong for not winning yes. in year number two. Uh, I mean, now he had, and he came There's in. There's no excuse for he Tom had Herman. one of the best defenses statistically in the in the Big 12 last year. Yeah, so, and he has a lot I mean, of talent. He's got a lot of talent on that defense as well. Yeah. I mean, this that team should be better. situation, though. That's why I think the storyline is the coaches. That's what I'll be watching when yeah. I watch this game. Well, see, I think it's high scoring, though. I'm, I'm saying 37-30, USC gets a win on the road. I think they start fast and, and put the pedal to the metal over uh, Tom Herman and, uh, and Sam Ellinger in that matchup. Let's turn our attention to Notre Dame playing Kyle Shermer and Vanderbilt. Line opened up at 14, went up to around 17. Excuse me, opened up around 15 and a half, went up to around 17. I think it's down now to about 13 and a half. This is an intriguing game. You look at Vanderbilt, 2-0 overall, only giving up eight points per game. They have the type of offense, Rich, to challenge Notre Dame's defense. Uh, Lipscomb, their wide receiver and blasting game, are two solid players on the offensive side of the ball. And defensively, Vanderbilt only giving up 74 rushing yards per game. If they put the pressure on Brandon Wimbush early, he does only have one touchdown, four interceptions. Vanderbilt can cover this number later today. I agree. I mean, it's one of my best bets. Uh, Gabe got me a little bit nervous because he's getting cold feet, but I'm not. And it's not really all about Ball State. I look at the Michigan offense. They're not... And you pointed this out to me earlier in the week. They're not running the ball the way they did last right. year. Maybe it's not having Josh Adams. Maybe it's not having those two first-round offensive linemen, McGlinchey uh, and Quentin Nelson back. But they're not running the ball as well. And, you know, I, I like to look – everybody kind of dismisses when you face a, a lesser opponent. You're a big favorite. They dismiss those games. Well, you're supposed to do that. But you have to dig a little bit deeper. Those wins by Vanderbilt – over Middle Tennessee, which has a veteran quarterback in Brent Stockstill, and Nevada, which has a veteran quarterback in Ty Ganji and a wide-open offense, they completely suffocated those two teams. Those two teams should have done more offensively, didn't do it against Charles Wright in that defense. So Notre Dame, which is struggling on offense, not running the ball, Wimbush not a great passer, I think that continues today. I think Notre Dame wins because Vandy will have a hard time moving the chains I think this is a close game. Yeah, I like Vanderbilt here. Not one of my best bets, Gabe, but you look at Notre Dame's offense, and we spoke about it. Last year, they averaged 269 rushing yards per game. Entering this matchup, only 124 yards per game on the ground. That could favor the over in this matchup. I mean, if you're Notre Dame, you want to strike fast. You're not going to take Vanderbilt lightly after you struggled against in-state rival Ball State as a 30-point favorite in that matchup. So I think Notre Dame has to start fast in this ballgame. Over could be a play. 
you know, it's funny you talk about that because the trend with Notre Dame, and this is incredible, it's amazing how we notice these trends too late all the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, Notre Dame, 7-1 and one to the under in their last eight football games. I was unaware of that. I was talking about perception and uh, reality. I, I like what you guys are talking about with this game. It's not a best bet for me on either side. I just don't trust either team in the situation enough. I've been burnt by Vanderbilt too many times in the past. And, yeah, it was impressive, Rich, that they, you know, in the fashion that they handled their business in the first two games. But it's the first, first road game. And, 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 you know, you get the first road game. They're kids. They've been at home for a couple of weeks. Um, at first, you know, we saw what happened with USC when they went on the road with Daniel. Suddenly life was a hell of a lot tougher uh, for them. This one could get away uh, from Vanderbilt a little bit. I don't see it as a best bet. If somebody does, tell me why you love it so much in the chat, why you're convinced uh, this this is a so-called lock. I just don't see it. But you mentioned the line movement. Uh, bet DSI right now down to a 13 and a half. Uh, what is it, 51 and a half. Yeah. So down, down to 13 and a half right now. From betting purposes, I'm going to pass. But uh, I'm intrigued to see, um, you know, I'm intrigued by this football game. It's we, at this time of the year, we start to learn more about these teams, real true tests. And then by week five, six, and seven, that's when we really start to separate well, the pretenders and contenders. Well, here's the thing, too, from a, a scheme perspective. You look at Middle Tennessee State, you look at Nevada, more wide-open attacks, finesse type of offenses, and you look at some of the teams last year in the SEC that – uh, Vanderbilt struggled with in terms of run support. They gave up 359 rushing yards to Alabama. They got blown out by Georgia. Big physical offensive lines. Now, I know McGlinchey's not there. Nelson's not there. But Notre Dame does possess a big physical offensive line. Mm-hmm. Do they get the running game going later today? I mean, that could be a possibility later they in have this matchup. To. If, if this team is truly going to contend for a playoff spot, they have to get the offense going. they got to do more between the tackles because that makes Brandon Wimbush's life much easier. They've got big wide receivers, Chase Claypool on the outside. They've got a lot of 6'3", 6'4", wide receivers. He has not been able to capitalize and take advantage of those weapons, the tight ends that they have at Notre Dame. What I like and and why I think it's it, it's it's a best bet for me, I wouldn't call anything a lock these days, but I really like that Vanderbilt defense. Derek Mason has done a good job of putting together pieces to create a true SEC defense. And in terms of going on the road, I agree. I don't like the JT Daniels comparison, though, because Daniels is young. Shermer is not. Shermer is a mature veteran. Obviously, Lipscomb, Blassing game, Keshawn Vaughn from Illinois. If those kids could pull together, score a couple of touchdowns, I think we could have a game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and Sherman's completed 67% of his Really passes, turned around this year. 428 yards, four touchdowns, no one interceptions. That's the one thing last year he cut down his mistakes. They're going to need to maintain drives in this ballgame. I mean, Vanderbilt enters this matchup converting 44% on third down conversions. You look at their defense, they're allowing, allowing opposing offenses to convert right around 40% of the time. That's the matchup as well. If you're taking the over here, Gabe, I mean, I think you're gonna you want to see Vanderbilt jump up early because if Notre Dame jumps up early and dictates tempo, the under might come in. I would be leaning with the under here. We talk so much about Wimbush and Notre Dame's offense, but their defense has done a heck of a job so far this year as well, only giving up 16.5 points uh, per game. Meanwhile, Vanderbilt, pretty stout defensively, SEC caliber talent uh, on the football field. It's a sharp number. It's a tough game, guys. Like I said, there's you know, it's a it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So we don't we don't have to hit every bell as we run by. 
I would lean with the under. Notre Dame and the under if I had to bet it. All right, we'll see what happens. When we come back, we'll be talking about Washington and Utah. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34.